Hello, hello, and welcome to Friday. Wow, we've been together for a week already in April, and I hope you are noticing some forward progress. I'll talk about that more in a minute, but first let me ask you about your self-care. So how's that going anyway? I wonder if you are now trained to ask yourself the question before you play the tape. In the past 24 hours, have I taken enough care of myself? Basic biology is what we're talking about here. Getting enough sleep, eating the right things in the right amounts, not being hard on ourselves over any of that. Just saying, hey, I'm a living creature that needs the right stuff to thrive. Am I getting it? And if the answer is no, we are adults. We have the right and privilege and duty of looking after ourselves. So it's as simple as that, really, you know. I hope it's not um, an issue for you. I hope you don't mind me constantly asking. But the reason I ask is because self-care is the healthy foundation of what we're trying to do here. And what we're trying to do here is to manage our possessions so they don't manage us. We're looking for the freedom of having the right things in the right places. There's a lot packed into that, as you know, and as I know. And it's a little different for everyone. But there's such an emotional part to decluttering. And I want you and me to be very strong and well prepared for any challenge, whether it's physical, emotional, or a combination. It only makes sense. If we were going on a big hike or running a race, we would be taking really good care of ourselves in the lead up. This is no different. This is, you know, this is an extra thing we are asking of ourselves. So let's give ourselves every advantage we can. And that really comes down to self-care. I hope I have totally convinced you that self-care is worth it. So this week we were talking about planning. And although I know I gave you a couple of long audios, I also hope that you feel completely empowered to create whatever plan works for you. And also, I hope you feel that it's okay and actually that's, that it's very desirable to have the briefest, most superficial of plans that you can get away with. So don't overplan. It's totally fine to scratch it on the back of a napkin if you want. Back of an envelope. Napkin, envelope, you know what I mean. Small thing. <laughs> um, execution. In April, execution is more important than planning. So I'm happy to answer questions about planning, but I know that you know how things get done in your world. Now, if you have come up against some issue in planning that I can help with, I'm really happy to. But I know that you have done many things from start to finish, and they've worked out fine, and you know how to plan stuff. So, you know, it would have to be a unique situation where 
I think you would be at a loss on how to plan. I could imagine some, but I have to really work to imagine. Uh, so I think you can be very comfortable drawing on your existing skills. And I am now assuming you have done that and you have a plan, even if it's only four sentences long or less. That's perfect. So the plan should include, of course, times when the plan is going to get done. So have you put your, declutter your decluttering commitments on your calendar and are you honoring those times you have blocked off? Now, if your answer is no, that's okay. <laughs> so I'm not here to say, oh, you bad person, blah, blah, blah. No, if the answer is no, I really want you to learn from that. I want you to observe yourself. Observe yourself writing or not writing those dates. Observe yourself doing or not doing that hour or 10 minutes or whatever that you had scheduled. Because it's through that observation that you will learn and through the learning you will do. Now you may have found it very, very simple. Just write it on the calendar and do it when the day comes. And that's great. That means you know yourself and your capacity to make a plan and stick to it. So, like I say, if you if you did or did not observe your plan, adhere to your plan, either is fine. You are living your life, you're breathing, you're getting up every day and doing stuff. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for us all to be alive. So, do not ever think that if you haven't done such and such, that, that something is wrong. That is not the point here. The point is, if you do something, observe what made it work. If you wanted to do something and then didn't, observe what made it not work. That's a data point. That's all. So next time, you know, if you are observing, you will know, oh yeah, last time, such and such happened. This time I need to change such and such and see if I can get further down the road on my plan. So in April, we are not focusing too deeply on the whys and why nots, but I do talk about them because I think I've made it clear this is not a how to move stuff from A to B program. This is about taking care of yourself and releasing the things that literally clutter your life. So if you want just basic instructions on how to pack and move things from your house, look up any any moving company's website and they'll tell you. <laughs> but I'm, I think we're operating on a different um, a different plane here. So I hope you're with me on that. The reason um, I do you know, bring up the why and the why not is because to me that is the tool set that will get you through decluttering and through empty nesting and through your life. It's a really good skill set to observe yourself and constantly reassess what's working and what you would like to change. So in April, because we're focusing more on execution and actually doing the decluttering, I invite you to please notice your thoughts. 
Notice your reasons. Notice the things you're saying to yourself. Don't dwell on them. Notice, for example, I notice when I go into the bedroom, which is my project for this month, I notice it's dark. It's a room I would prefer to avoid. And I feel a little bit of a uh, letdown feeling when I see how, how much stuff there is in there that I'm going to have to deal with. So I just notice that. And I also notice after spending just half an hour making very little visible progress, but doing something, I notice I feel a sense of achievement. I notice I feel in a small way fulfilled. I notice that it's going to be easier for me next time. So those are things that I observe and some of them I write down. And now those things are in my subconscious and they're just cooking. I don't have to dwell on why do I feel a little down when I go in there. I don't have to dwell on why is this so difficult. I just notice this does feel a bit difficult. I really don't want to do this. It's okay to say those things. Put them in your subconscious and let them cook. But this month, occupy your body with the actual doing of the decluttering. And I want to mention that body awareness of emotion is a very real thing. And we can learn a lot from our bodies. And it's a very, um, it's a really interesting field. It's, I know it as somatics, you may know it as something else, but it's the the language of the body. And it can be really simple and blindingly obvious. It's wordless. So I'll give you an example from my own life. And sorry if you've heard this before, but I love to travel. I really love to travel. I do a lot of it, sometimes alone, sometimes with others. But I'm very used to packing and unpacking, going and coming and, and so on. But even when I'm going on a trip that is perfect in every way, nothing could be better, even in the best conditions, when I'm packing, even now thinking about packing, I get a pain in my back. I get it in the same place in my back. I'm at the point where when I'm packing, I actually have to stop because I, the pain is so bad. I do not have a chronic back problem. That's the only time I get that particular kind of back pain. And clearly, it's something emotional. There is something about just, like I say, even thinking about packing induces that pain. So we can listen to those bodily sensations, and they are not always painful. Sometimes they're it's a tingly feeling. Sometimes it's heat in a part of the body or coldness or numbness or aliveness. There's no one sensation and what one, pe what one person feels may be the opposite of another. But the way to explore this language of the body is to tune into it. So I'm just going to give you a little, a little instruction here, which you may be well familiar with this already. 
comes, you you will have encountered this in mindfulness training or in yoga or a number of of fields that concern themselves with um, well-being and particularly mindfulness. So what I do, and there's many ways of, of getting in touch with the bodily sensation, but one way I, I do it, I like to do this with my eyes shut, so I'm either going to be sitting down or lying down. It doesn't matter which. It just has to be safe for me to close my eyes. And then just not thinking of anything, just just quietly taking a few deep breaths, normal breaths. So, you know, one or two cleansing breaths and then just breathing normally. And do a body scan. So moving your consciousness as if your consciousness was a scanner, (laughs) starting at the top of your head and working gradually down your whole body just noticing how does that feel do i feel tense do i feel pain do i feel relaxed you know i'm i'm at my jaw now ah it's tense moving down my shoulders pleasantly relaxed moving down to my fingertips ah they feel alive like they want to play the piano move down through your whole body all you're doing is noticing and take as much time as you like notice the feelings and as you do this you know repeatedly if you do it every day if you do it even multiple times a day you'll start to notice your own patterns and then you can start to say ah there's something new and you can kind of think oh yeah but that's because I was just on the phone with so-and-so and and they made me a little upset or I just read something lovely in the newspaper or whatever you can start to you know reflect why did you know what's going on with my body and what's going on with my life and to bring this round to decluttering mindfulness will help you tune in to attitudes, feelings that decluttering brings out in you. And the more hands-on decluttering work you do, I think the better you're going to feel. Because if you haven't been able to start, or if you've started and stopped and started and stopped, um, whatever your situation, if you've had great success, All those things will be reflected in how you feel. So awareness will help you because awareness is your, your, what would I say, your key. And if if you do your body scan and you notice a lot of tension and you say, ah, you know, it's because I don't want to do what this decluttering stuff at all. Um, that's a message to you. And what are, you know, what's your next question to yourself? You're, you're telling yourself through your body, I don't want to do this. Well, ask your subconscious why and let your subconscious work on that. 
because you may find that mountains become molehills once you look at them squarely. So today I have rambled on at you. We started with self-care. We've ended with body awareness and a body scan. And this is quite introspective stuff, so I want to remind you that in April our main focus is on getting things done. So I'm not stopping <laughs> till I say something about that. I have mentioned uh, putting like with like is like a very easy technique that will really help. Another technique, and I'm sorry some of you have heard me say this before, but um, I like the whole idea of using what we have. And I just started looking at stuff in my house and saying, why is that, you know, that that particular item is a useful item? So why am I not using it? And that is true of things like my bread maker. I would love to be a, a homemade bread maker making person but I'm not but I do own a bread making machine and I hadn't used it in like a couple of years so use it or or accept the message that you no longer want to use it so it begins with like using what we have try using what you have and see if the things that you try still appeal to you because if not it's way easier to say goodbye to them. It's because, you know, I had that bread maker thinking, oh yeah, I'll make lots of bread. And for a while I did, and then I stopped. And then, you know, I brought it back upstairs, started using it, and I find it's very easy and convenient to use. So I'm going to keep it. But if I was finding it like awkward and a nuisance and just getting in the way, that would be another good lesson to know. So... The tip is use what we have and learn from your use pattern. If it's hard for you to use what you have, then that thing is no longer useful. You don't need it. All right, so that is Friday. Holy mackerel, we're already at the weekend. I hope you have a good one, and I will see you in the Facebook group. And in the meantime, good luck with everything you are trying. I'm really curious to hear what anybody's tackling. So let me know what you're working on and how it's going. See you later then. Bye-bye.